98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, 3 o'clock hour, the Burns and Gambo show, live from the Oxygen Community Studios. If we haven't said it already, um, and I don't believe we have, thank you to everybody out there in our listening audience last week during our give-a-thon for Phoenix Children's. $2 million. We got Unbelievable. it. Yeah, it was. It was an audience. It was incredible. It was great to be a part of. We hope you feel as proud about it as we do that we all got involved yeah. with Phoenix Children's like so that. So I went to our, our big, big boss, okay. Brian Hatch, and I said, be honest with me. I got to know. I just have to know. Where were we at 6 o'clock? Because I wanted to know. Because we ended up working an extra half hour. Because you were about fifteen to 20000 short. We were short. We wouldn't have had it. We wouldn't have got $2 million. So then the decision was made to keep us on the air until 6.30, of which we, you know, we went over by like 40000 But at 6 o'clock, if we would have signed off at 6 o'clock, yeah. we would have come up about fifteen, somewhere between fifteen dollars and $17,000 short of, of $2 million. million. Wow. So you were so close, it was like... We might as well. We might as well, because if we shut it right there, okay, that's it, it's done, it's over. Maybe a few more trickle in, but the number, because the numbers are pretty up, they're updated pretty quickly. Yeah. We were definitely short. Well, so we popped over and we went on with uh, Gatos and Chad on KTAR for a half hour from 6 until 6.30, and that was the last little push that we needed. But, uh, yeah, we set that record, $2 million. Thank you to everybody who donated all last week. It was, uh, it was fun to bring it to you. It was exhausting at sometimes. It was terribly tragic and sad, um, but we appreciate everybody who got involved. We absolutely couldn't have done it without you. In the meantime, um, the Arizona Cardinals, preseason game number two in the books, one more against the Titans this weekend, and then the regular season opener. The question has become, and I think it's one that maybe we weren't expected to ask over the course of this offseason, has Andy Isabella earned himself a roster spot? And I don't think anybody thought that was a question we'd be pondering this late into the preseason. I think... Two things, two things help him, okay? And I don't know for sure what I'm trying to find out. But two things help him. One, DeAndre Hopkins is not going to count as a roster spot there. That's one. And two, he's played really well. Yes. So you start to think about, okay, they'll, you, they'll keep, I think they'll keep six wide receivers, not counting Hopkins, and they'll dress five. They'll dress five. So you start to go through it. Okay, who's set? Okay, Hollywood Brown is set. A.J. Green is set. Rondale Moore is set. Okay, now let's go over the others. You've got Antoine Wesley, you've got Greg Dortch, and you've got Andy Isabella. I think that would be the next three. So I think if you keep six, I could see Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, Rondale Moore, um, Andy Isabella, Dortch, and Wesley. Wesley. But Wesley, is Wesley going to start the season? Don't always hurt. So there's another question. Is Antoine Wesley going to start the season? So I think it looks good for Isabella starting the season. Now, maybe somebody calls and says, I'll I'll make a trade for you, and uh, you do that. But, man, like... There's a part, man. I, I, hope you, I know you have the cuts. I thought Isabella's comments after the game were tremendous because it does seem like he has figured it out and that he is going to be able to help some team win some football games. This is courtesy of Mark McClune's Twitter account, is where we were able to get this audio. Here's Andy Isabella on how he's seen his game grow. Oh, huge. I mean, I think it was actually good, you know, to, to maybe not play as much first three years. Um, just to build, build myself and get better and better. So I think it's the best ball I'm playing. And so hopefully, it's not too late and we'll see what happens. 
here's Isabella on his NFL career up until this point. Came a million miles from from when I was a rookie. I look back and kind of laugh from all the ups and downs and all the trials I've been through about growing as a man tenfold. And I wouldn't change a thing. Everything happens for you, not to you. So I'm I'm happy for all my my trials and all the ups and downs throughout right now. So I'm excited. It's the best I'm playing, and I'll continue to play well. He went on to say, "Quote: There are a lot of things I wish I knew then. I know now. I think as a man, that's what we all say. Yeah, right. No, seriously. Hey, Everybody just, in their life says that at some point. Just wait, Everybody. Andy. Just wait. Yeah. Uh, as a man, I've grown tenfold, and I think you grow in your struggles. As a man, I've really grown and matured, and it might be too late here. It might be too late. But I know in the future, it might not be football, but something else. The lessons I've learned here playing will take me a long way in life. And wow. it was that line. Wow. It might be too late here, here. that well, whoa. It like, might be too late here. Like I've I had opportunities the first couple of years. I didn't establish myself. They moved on. They drafted Rondell Moore. They brought in AJ Green. They traded for Hollywood Brown. If I would have done better, this is what he's saying. Like if I would have played well, some of those things may not happen. Maybe they don't get A.J. Green. Maybe they don't trade for Hollywood Brown. Like, a lot of those things may not have happened if I had just played the way I was supposed to, but it took me longer. But now I kind of figured it out, but it may be too late. Why? Because they drafted Rondale Moore. Because they, they re-signed A.J. Green. They traded for Hollywood Brown. So it may be too late for me because they've done all these other things to kind of make up, to kind of, you know, push me to the to the back burner. He might have, a, and, and listen, a change of scenery might be good for him because he may go somewhere and get a real opportunity to play where here he might be the sixth wide receiver there were a couple of other comments as well and, and it's, it's just kind of more of the same quote i feel i can make a huge impact every sunday wherever it's at close quote i'm gonna show up and do every day and do what i have to do they can do whatever they want they ain't gonna break me close quote and, and you just i read the quotes i think you had the same reaction it, it was just like wow he he's talking like a man who knows that the clock is ticking for him here and, and maybe to your point and you bring up a good one with the roster and with and with uh, D Hop the way the roster is constructed they might not have a choice but to keep them at the very beginning of the season because they do seem a little thin with the hop suspension and the injury to Antoine Wesley oh, he's played so well any any he, five catches for 57 yards he he has he's played really he's really played well well so if they keep him, the question is, does he stick, right? Is he on this roster at the end of the season? Or when Hop comes back and Wesley comes back, at that point, does he become expendable? Does Listen, he become a guy who, who goes plays somewhere else? I know this is, is, is a lot different than what if DeAndre Ayton goes somewhere and, and becomes dominant, right? Man, are you worried at all that Andy Isabella goes somewhere and turns into Julian Edelman or turns <laughs> into like one of those, you know, one of those players that just is capable of catching 70 balls and helping you help and, and helping somebody win a lot of football games? Yeah, I would be a little worried. About a little that. bit, right? A little, I'd be a little worried about that. You gave up this guy because sometimes some of those guys, I mean, like if you look at Edelman and, you know, some of those guys take a little time to kind of figure it out. Maybe Isabella's finally figured it out, but is it too late? Because the Cardinals have had that, right? The, by the time Hassan Reddick figured it out, it was too late. Exactly. And so I worry a little bit about that. I, I wouldn't let him go. I wouldn't let him go if I was the Cardinals. Even after D-Hop and Wesley come back? Here's the thing. Here's how I, this, here's how I feel. I think... I think that Wesley is what he is. He's a he's a taller guy. I th- I think 
right now Wesley is probably is better than Isabella, but I think that the ceiling is still higher for Isabella. I don't think that Wesley has the same ceiling. I still think Isabella has the I guess it was a second round pick. He was a terrific college football. I still think his ceiling is really, really high. Whether he reaches it or not, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like Wesley, I don't think Wesley has that ability to be a guy that's ever going to catch you 60 balls, 65 balls, 70 balls. I think Isabella in the right situation still might be able to do that. Now, he may never do it, but I still think like there's the potential that he can, if that makes any sense. It does know it makes sense, and it, it certainly makes sense, too, that maybe even he recognizes it just might be too late for him to do it here because it, it took so long for him to get going. The Cardinals felt like they had no choice. Cliff Kingsbury, after the game. I've always been a big fan. Um, couldn't be more impressed with how he's attacked this camp. We got a bunch of, obviously, big-time names at wide receiver, and he came in and hasn't missed one day. He runs every route as hard as he can go, takes as many routes as he can take and has really produced um, at a high level this camp. So I'm excited to see that hard work paying off for him. Cole Beasley had 15 receptions his first year with Dallas. Then he had 39. Then eventually, five years in, 75, 82, 82. Like there is some of these players, they do take Take a a little bit of time to kind of figure out, you know, how do I make this work if you're a smaller wide receiver and you've got... So I do think that Isabella is probably it's probably all kind of clicking for him right now. The question is, is it going to be too late for the Arizona Cardinals? You can text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line, it is open for you. Text us at 620-620 right now. Now, when we come back, we'll stick with the Arizona Cardinals because last night he did it again. In fact, he, you could argue, did it better than his head coach. Kyler Murray calling plays. Cliff Kingsbury talked about it. You'll hear what he said next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Two things happened again last night in preseason game number two. Thing number one, Kyler Murray didn't play. We knew that. Thing number two, Kyler Murray called plays late in that game. Third quarter, fourth quarter. I think we also kind of knew that was coming. The funniest part of the whole night and the whole broadcast for my money, and I think Cambo well, will The Aaron Andrews this, interview? Was the, well, there was that, and that okay. was in all of its awkwardness. That was really very, oh it's like, just God. ask the question for goodness sake. Like, you could just see her tiptoeing it around it like it was a minefield or something. Like a pro. Oh, right? I know. It's like, like just, just ask him just a ask question. Him. Ask him about the homework clause. Just like, dive right in. It. Like, come on. Yeah, no, I was going to say the uh, points by play caller graphic that, oh. Fox, that Fox put up. Uh, yeah. Cliff Kingsbury, three points as a play caller. Mm. Kyler Murray, 14 there points you go. as a play caller. <laughs> Kyler wanted to make up for uh, last week with a couple of three and outs. Uh, he was like, I got to get I gotta get out there and call some plays. And had that one big drive. What was it, a 15-play drive all the way down the field? Yeah. Yeah. a touchdown and then the other one and listen I think you know and they said it on the broadcast too the uh, that they they really liked it and I do too I mean gives him a chance to see the game at a different angle gives him a chance to think the game instead of just being on the sideline not playing and hamming it up with everybody he's engaged yeah. he's engaged he's, that's the word that's a good word he's yeah. engaged I mean you're engaged you're thinking about okay what do I want to do here what's the situation I I, I think it's only going to help him become a better football player I I mean I might let him call an entire half in this next game. 
I mean, I might. I mean, there's no harm. Like, you know, you're not trying to win or anything. But if he gets to see, he gets to understand down, he understand distance, just look at coverages. He kind of gets a chance to do all of those things. So I, I, I think that it was a quality decision to let him call the plays and see what he can do. And I really think that'll go a long way towards helping him become a better quarterback. Yeah, if he's not going to play, if he's not going to get the physical reps, then give him mental reps. And, and yeah. I, you, you said it so well. It, it engages him in the game. Because otherwise, you're not playing. You're just kind of standing around. Right? You're joking Waving with your friends. You're yucking it up. You're doing sideline interviews with Aaron Andrews. You're not really doing anything. You give him something to do, and it keeps him engaged. Now, Cliff Kingsbury, post-game with Paul Calvisi, talked about how calling plays benefits Kyler. I'm to see it from that perspective, the macro perspective, and understand from that um, view the coverages and the protections and where the back has to go. Um, and then I really like him talking to Trace and giving him tips and then, you know, him and Colt talking about plays. I mean, it's there's a leadership aspect as well. So it was fun to watch them um, interact tonight. Yeah, so there's no harm in it. There's no reason not to do it. I'll be curious to see if he does it anymore. I mean, I know the jokes about, and they're just jokes, about Cliff. And, and I mean, remember, Cliff was calling the plays last weekend and they dropped like, what, 36 in the first three quarters. This this is not a problem, people. We're just joking. What are the about, jokes? Oh, just the jokes. Did I miss that, some of them? That Kyler was better at it oh. than Cliff or maybe Cliff, oh, what's wrong? Cliff Cliff was calling plays and they only got three points and Kyler's calling them and they got 14. There were there were just a few on social yeah. media last night during the game as if it was somehow a I don't think Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury flaw that Kyler outscored him as a play caller last night. I don't think Cliff's thinking about that at all. No, I don't think he I can. don't think he worries about that at all. I, I mean, listen, it was a, the protection was terrible. McSorley was running for his life in the, what I watched in the first half when I watched that back this morning, man. It was nothing Cliff could do no. because the protection issues were really bad. And not that I'm like overly surprised, but I, I continue to be at least somewhat surprised by just how little Cliff is playing his starters in these preseason games. There was virtually nobody who played in that game last night who was considered a starter for the Cardinals. I, I mean, I was looking at the snap counts just a second ago. Zaven Collins played 16 snaps on defense. Um, Dennis Gardeck played 11. Devon Kennard, if you want to count him as a starter, played 11. Antonio Hamilton played 11. Marco Wilson played 16. I mean, they were barely out there. And I think Cliff, that's part of his plan is like, look, the last two seasons, my team is worn down by the end of the year. We've had no gas left in the tank. I'm basically giving them the month of August off from playing football. We're just not going to do it. And, and the practice against Tennessee. Yeah. It'll just be one. It was supposed to be two, right? It was supposed to be two, and now it's just one? According to uh, Vrabel, it's just going to be one now okay, this week. Okay, so one practice against an extremely physical football team where your ones get to go up against their ones. Your left tackle's going up against their best pass rusher. Your top cornerback's going up against their wide receiver. Like, those are going to matter. So I think knowing that that was coming up as well, why am I going to get my starters out there? And you guys are going to have to go at it against Tennessee. Like, I, there's going to be a a lot more that Cliff will be able to gauge about where his football team is based on that one practice against Tennessee, because the starters will be out there. Your ones will be out there against their ones, your twos against their twos, than a preseason game. 
You had a really interesting point about Trace McSorley. Um, and here's Cliff after the game on McSorley's game. I did. I thought, you know, he was up and down. I think he was trying a little too hard early to make a big play against his, his former team. But um, we just got to watch the film. And I know there are a couple of throws he'd like to have back. But he's scrappy, continues to make plays when he has to. And, um, you know, they played some of their top guys on defense the first quarter or so. And uh, it was tough sledding at times. But I thought he, he managed it well. 18 of 34, so barely over 50% completion, 229 yards. He had the two interceptions, quarterback rating of 49.8. The yeah, maybe that's a good thing. And and tell I thought you made a really good point pre-show. Tell everybody why that might be a good if thing. If he lights it up again and has a great preseason game, there's a chance that somebody's looking and saying, you know, and we'll talk about the, the, the backup quarterback competition in Cleveland right now, okay? We'll, like, we'll talk about that now, coming up in a little bit uh, with Watson out and, you know, Josh Rosen and stuff like that. There's teams out there that may look at Trace McSorley and think, okay, you're better than my backup. Um, if the Cardinals tried to put him on the practice squad, maybe they would grab him, put him on their 53-man roster as a backup. So I think that maybe in some ways that helps a little bit because he didn't light it up. So a team may have, not that they soured on him, but but they may not be willing to give a roster spot. Because if you're going to take him, a, if the Cardinals try to get him on their practice squad, another team can't take him and say, I'll put you on our, my practice squad. They would have to put you on the 53-man roster. Doesn't mean they have to dress you, but they'd have to keep you on the 53-man roster. So a team, because he didn't play that well, maybe it's, ah, okay, yeah, no, he's not worthy of a, of a roster spot on one of my 53. So that's what I was just thinking. And maybe in some ways it's a good thing that the Cardinals could maybe get him onto the practice no, squad. No, I, I think it's a good thought. Not that he deliberately played poorly to make that happen, but it is sort of a benefit to it that, that if, if you like him and you've got, if Cliff's got a connection with him and feels like, okay, he's, he's our third stringer now, maybe somewhere down the road he's my backup to Kyler Murray. And if you like him and you want to keep him around, there was a fear. I mean, this time a week ago, we were talking about preseason game number one. Yeah. We talked a lot about McSorley and it was like, man, can you even get him on the practice squad? Can, he played so well. Do you and- have to worry about exposing him and somebody coming along and claiming him? Well, that's what the Cardinals he, did. He was on a practice squad last year with yeah. the Ravens and the Cardinals said, I like you better than I like Chris Strebler and I'm going to grab you and I'm going to keep you on my 53-man roster. That doesn't feel like as much of a worry today as it did this time a week ago. No. No, you I don't know, think it so. doesn't feel like the ooh, careful. You know, somebody might go get him. It doesn't feel like that's yeah, something you have to worry about. Those now. practice squads are, you know, you, you think they're safe and secure, but they're a little risky because if you've got a guy you really like and another team really likes him, they may deem that some guy is worthy of a of a roster spot, and you could lose a player. Yeah, on your practice sign squad. him off of that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, McSorley after the game. Think about the most though. Not hundred percent satisfied. Um, some good things that we were able to do, um, but we just need to finish a little bit more on some of these drives. Score touchdowns instead of getting some field goals, and then I got to take care of the turnovers. So that's that's on me. Well, the, one, the one turnover was really bad. The yeah. one where he was trying to look for McBride, and he threw it. was just a bad play by him. Just announced comedian Tom Segura heading to Celebrity Theater for a special Netflix taping of his new world tour. Tickets go on sale Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets right now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Roster cutdowns, at least another round of them, are due again tomorrow. Where does the roster stand for the Cardinals ahead of the big cutdown day coming up in about a week and a half? We'll tell you about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. So the next round of cuts is due tomorrow for yes. the Cardinals. Yep. Five, Five more, more spots. And according to a report from, I just had it, there it is, Tom Palacero of the NFL Network, the Cardinals are waving running back T.J. Pledger. 
according to a source. Like the other early cuts, Pledger gets a chance to find another team and show what he can do before next week's 53-man roster cut down. We never really thought T.J. Pledger was much of a... No. You know... No, never, not a guy that had a chance. Not a guy nope. had a chance. Nope. So it's... it's I, I don't know who the other four will be, but at some point before tomorrow, five more players, now four more players, if the report from Pelissero is to be believed. Then next week is the big one. The next week is the biggie. They go from 80 to 53. Yes. And and that's the one where... A lot of tears that day. A lot of tears. <laughs> yes. A lot well, of Crimea River that well, day. And a lot of big decisions. I mean, and, and to the point where Cliff was asked about it after last night's game, obviously the, the loss to the Ravens in preseason game number two. He was doing his post-game interview with the sideline reporter Paul Calvisi. How many spots are still up for grabs on this roster? Here's a Cliff set. There's quite a few. There's some good position battles. I know corner, um, like we've talked about all along, we're going to see how that shakes out. And, um, you know, running back is a deep room. You can see all those guys are making plays. So it's, there's, there's some good battles going on. I would admit, of all the positions we've talked about, today's trade not, you know, counting because they got Cody Ford today. Those are probably the two we've talked the most about, right? The cornerback the room and the running back yeah. room. Yeah, and it's it was interesting. They do make a trade today for an offensive lineman, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about that a lot more throughout the day with getting Cody Ford, a guy that they really liked in that uh, that draft where they got Byron Murphy. They considered him at 33 in the second round, but went with the cornerback instead. They were also considering A.J. Brown, the wide receivers now at Philly. But I still believe that that they feel that the best way to get a cornerback is via trade. And, you know, that will shake up that room a little bit because what are you getting? Are you getting a guy who's your fifth cornerback, your fourth cornerback? Could it be a top three cornerback? The type of guy I think that they feel like they have the ability to go out there and get somebody that can really help. So to me, that might be somebody that fits into that top three. That secondary, and again, it's not Byron Murphy and Antonio Hamilton and Marco Wilson playing the entire game, but the secondary was torched yesterday, just completely torched, which I think in some ways tries to, probably more than anything, it tells you that the depth isn't even that good. Oh, yeah. It's not only that your you know your top three guys are kind of questionable. It's like your depth isn't even that good because they couldn't get a they couldn't they, they missed tackles and <laughs> tackling was atrocious. It was the tackling was terrible and the completion right. percentage. I mean, what are we talking like an eighty percent completion percentage? It was a perfect quarterback rating when the the quarterbacks of the Ravens targeted the Cardinals secondary. Yeah, I think Ravens quarterbacks were like twenty three of twenty seven. Yeah, in yesterday's game and and yeah with the perfect. Quarter- Quarterback rating when targeting the Cardinals secondary. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was tough. It was a reinforcement. Hey, that room, and I know you're not playing your starters. Marco Wilson barely played. Antonio Hamilton barely played. But they played, and the depth, to your point, if one of those guys went down, they need more help so, in that room. So so next week, is to me, it's not about as much about the guys that get cut. Because you're going to cut down your roster to 53 next week, right? But you know, you know, the guy who's 53, the guy who's 52, the guy who's 51, those guys got to worry. Of course. Okay? Yeah. Hey, I made the roster. Mom, I made the roster. And then, like, six hours later, you're gone. Because, you know, you're going to pare your roster down, and then what are you going to do? You're going to look at every other cut that was made. And you go around the league, there's going to be, you know, 20 cuts for each team. There'll be 600 guys that are available, and you're going to be, God, I really like that guy, or I really like that guy. So, even just because you make it doesn't mean that you've made 
traded, if you're one of those last guys that made the roster, you've got to sweat that out because there's a chance that you're going to pluck somebody that just got let go, especially, you know, especially if it's a position of need for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, we mentioned the Cody Ford acquisition, and as you pointed out in the show, it's our top story of the day. We'll circle back to it and get a little more in detail with it. But let's talk about it here for a second because it does relate to what we're talking about. You said at the beginning of the show that even though the Cardinals gave up a fifth-round pick today for the offensive lineman, Kyler Murray's former teammate in Oklahoma, it does not stop them from using draft capital to get a corner to add to the room. You still believe that is very much on the front burner for the Cardinals sometime soonish, I would think. Because of the compensatory picks that they get from losing Christian Kirk and Chandler Jones and Chase Edmonds, they added these three extra picks. So, you know, they get a, they get Cody Ford now, and they still have the draft capital. They have two third-round picks. So if there's a player they really like, they could go as high as a third-rounder. They could also trade a fourth-rounder. They could trade a fifth-rounder. They could trade a sixth-rounder. So depending on the type of player that they can get, it's not like trading, the, trading a fifth-round pick today doesn't prevent them from doing anything that they want to do for a corner. They still got two-thirds, fourth, fifth, sixth. Like, they're good. Like, they're okay with draft capital to give up another pick to get a player they may need. Yeah, I just, I have to wonder, and I, I, I've been wondering this the whole time. If they make that trade, like you've been talking about now for the last week, week and a half, if they make that trade at some point this week, I could still really easily see them adding another cornerback when those final cutdowns come down. Yeah. You know, because I, I just, I don't think one's enough. I, I really don't. I don't think one additional body in that room is enough. I think they need multiple bodies in that room to get them Put it through. this way. If they don't make a trade for a cornerback, it's not going to be for a lack of trying. They have been trying for two weeks now to trade for a cornerback. Yeah. But teams have been reluctant to trade any cornerbacks because there was still too much time left between then and the regular season. So, But it's not going to be for lack of trying. They are pushing to go trade for a cornerback. Of course, one of the projected starters who played a little bit last night, not a lot, a little bit, was Zayvon Collins. He continues to be one of the most talked about players on the roster, to be honest with you. And Cliff was asked on the Cardinals radio network again, with Paul Calvisi on Zayvon Collins' performance. He continues to, to improve. Uh, the game's definitely slowed down for him from, from last year, and when he fires and he's not thinking, you can see that um, you know athletic ability and that size really on display, and, and he just has to keep doing that. He was only on the field for 11 snaps, 16 snaps, and I go back and look at the box score. Not a lot no. that he was out there, so it's so hard, hard to, gauge. to say how we look. There was one play, I remember him on the outside, he Kind of fired and, and made a nice play on the ball carrier out on the edge a little bit. Other than that, I don't recall noticing him very much out there. I don't recall seeing him very much. He's a guy who, of course, his roster spot isn't any kind of jeopardy, but everybody wants to know what sort of impact he's going to have on the roster and how much he's going to play when he's out there, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I expect that he's going to play a lot. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a couple of things, right? Through two games, he hasn't done anything where missed assignment or anything that would make you wait. He hasn't made any big plays. But on the other hand, he hasn't made any like huge mistakes. And I think that to, the, the latter is probably more important to the Cardinals than anything else is, I can't put you out there if you're going to make a lot of mental mistakes. You don't know where you're going to be and you're in the wrong coverage and things like that. So I think that's probably what they're looking for you know, more than anything. Sure, we'd love to see him come up with an interception or sack a quarterback or you know have three tackles for a loss in a game. 
game, but he's not getting a lot of reps like you mentioned. But the most important thing for him, I think, is just to not make the mistakes that he was making last year. Here's more Cliff after the game with the general media. I have to watch the film, but I thought he showed up um, at times. And, and like we mentioned earlier, way too many missed tackles by the group collectively. But um, he continues to progress and see it um, faster and react faster. And so we just got to keep him going that way. Yeah, that he showed up at times kind of caught some people's attention. One other thing from last night that I, I'll continue to believe is not a problem until it's a problem. Another missed kick from Matt Prater. It was a long one, though. It wasn't. wasn't it? it was 54, 54 yards? I think. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of getting to the point in the NFL where, you know, 50 plus, as long as it's within 56 or 55, not that there's an expectation that you should make that, but those those are becoming easier to make with the increase in technology and everything like now, that. The other team has the most accurate kicker in the history of the NFL, he right? Doesn't, he doesn't miss. Well, yeah, and then the other guy the week before, the McPherson kid for Cincinnati, he can hit him from like 60, it seems like. On a routine basis, so uh, not not a problem until it's a problem. But he, he missed two extra. He, he missed, missed two extra two points. Point afters last weekend, and then the missed field goal yesterday. Ugh. Not a problem until it's a problem. But we just oh man, don't want to go down that that road again. Don't no, I, and no, I mean I. <sighs> Who the hell knows? I know, kickers. right? Oh, right. I mean, sit there and say, I think they'll be fine. I don't know. Who knows with these kickers? He's been a great kicker. He's been a really good kicker. He's got tremendous distance. I would think you're okay with Matt Prater, but I don't know for sure. You've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Yes. You can sub- yeah, I know you do. Mm-hmm. You've got, uh, you can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Tom Brady, back at practice today for Tampa Bay. And no, it was not because he was taping The mass Singer. At least we don't think so. That's next. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Lots of NFL news. Let's try to run through it as quickly as we can because there's a lot as we get closer and closer to the season. There's a lot that uh, we need to talk about. Tom Brady returned to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can see the relief in your face, Campbell. Thank goodness. Yeah, I can't wait to see him on the Masked Singer. Did he meet with the media today? Not that I saw. No. Okay, I didn't either. So, so there's been no like official denial of the masked singer thing. But even um, even if I'm sure he's got an NDA with Fox, so oh, we I'm wouldn't sure find out. Anyway. Yeah, I'm sure he's not allowed to discuss it. But yeah, Tom Brady is back from his excused absence. Was he off taping the masked singer or not? Did anybody ask him? No, he hasn't talked yet. He hasn't. He hasn't oh. spoken. To the, at least not that we've seen. I, I I was looking for reports of whether he's addressed the media yet or not. I'm sure someone's going to ask him. I can't imagine. I'm telling you, allowed to talk about. Listen, when does the whenever the masked singer starts? If there's like a goat on that show, like we all know, like we all like the the gigs up, the gigs up, we know, of course. Like if they come out and now here's uh you know I don't know maybe they got a camel and now it's a goat. goat. Yeah, who's the guy in the goat outfit? Okay, I think I know this. (laughs) Um, Moving on from Tom Brady and into a former quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Real quick, real quick, Uh, real quick. Yeah, yeah. If they were going to use any other animal besides a goat, because that would have made it too obvious, what would they use? For Tom Brady? Yeah. A Wolverine. Oh, okay, Michigan. Uh-huh. Okay, a Wolverine. Could be a good poll question one day, Eric. If if Tom if Tom Brady was on the Masked Singer, 
outside of a goat, what what could kind of change the crowd's opinion of could fool the crowd? What what animal could fool fool the crowd? Are they all animals? I've never watched. And by the way, what was what, you know what? Yeah, I've got to find that poll right now. What were the results of the poll question that we did last week? We, Give we, me like five seconds. Maybe start listing off some animals that you think you could dress I, up as. I've never though. watched this show, but I don't think. Where's his wife from? Giselle is from Brazil. She's from Brazil. A gazelle? What if he dresses up as a gazelle? <laughs> gazelle for Giselle. I was going to say, what if he dressed up as like a ringmaster? A ringmaster? Yeah, because he's got seven of them. Is there any famous animals in Brazil? Um, I have... A jaguar? No idea. Hmm. Not a clue. Well, Gamba, while you're researching, I want to ask you guys, what do you think the poll came out to? What was the percentage? It was a simple yes or no. Have you ever watched a full episode of The Mass Singer? 87% said no. 92%. Lower than both of you. 82.6%, so still high, but 82.6% say big fat no. 17.4% say yes. I've never watched any more than maybe three minutes of it, and only because I accidentally found it when I was looking for something else. Thinking that the game was on, like, oh, what is that? Oh, the Masked Singer? Yeah, okay, we're gone. We're out of here. Take the Never goat mind. out of it. What animal would best portray Tom Brady and the Masked Singer? Yeah, I don't know. I'll go with Wolverine just for his okay. Michigan days. Right. Yeah, because right. he uh, Patriot. No, it's not an animal. Um, he really hasn't played for any other animal mascots. I mean, I spoke well, a Raider. No, because there was that story that came out over oh, the weekend yeah. too, yeah, right? The, Dana the, White was doing the the Gronk cast, yeah. and Dana White was like Gronk totally goaded him into it. But Dana White revealed that he had basically brokered a deal for Brady and Gronk to go to the Raiders. And John Gruden said no. Apparently, wow. So, so Carr is the one that allegedly Tom Brady said, you're going to pick him over me? You, you want that guy over it me? It wasn't Garoppolo. No. It, it wasn't San Fran. It was Derek Carr. It was Carr. You're going to pick that wow. over me? Yeah, that was it. Was Derek Carr, not Jimmy Garoppolo? Dana White revealed that over the weekend. It was kind of fascinating. That to was watch. fascinating. Uh, Joshua totally. Dobbs, the backup quarterback in Cleveland, now has become a coveted spot since Deshaun Watson's going to miss the first eleven games. Jacoby Brissett presumably is the starter. Joshua Dobbs, I'm reading from NFL.com, was fourteen of twenty, 141 yards. He led the Browns to points on all four possessions. He was under center. Dobbs' performance was a far cry from that of Josh Rosen who completed 7 of 20 passes for 88 yards and generated no points on the yeah. five drives he led. I, I was looking at uh, OutKick's story on Josh Rosen. Browns backup quarterback Josh Rosen absolutely bombs in preseason game. So Rosen, with an opportunity to you know to be the backup, completed seven out of twenty passes for eighty eight yards and uh, did not do very well. No, Dobbs was obviously much better. So Josh Rosen does he get uh, another shot? Is this it? Does he does he land somewhere else on somebody else's roster as a practice squad guy you know as what? a backup you backup guy? You no, know, that's a really that's a really good question. I'm going to say this is it. I tend to agree. I'm going to say that this is it for Josh Rosen. Because this is what? Six teams? Five teams now for Josh Rosen? He doesn't make that team. He's basically gone through roughly 20% of the league. 
you know? And mistakes made ahead of me, I'll make sure over the next decade or so that they will know they made a mistake. No, no, no. It's even better. Trent Dilfer. You guys won the draft. Yeah. <laughs> but how about Josh Rosen? Nine mistakes made ahead of me. Uh-huh. I want to make sure you guys all know it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm going to say if he gets cut from the Browns, he does not get on another team. I tend to agree. I, I think he's... I think... People have had plenty of a look that they need for Josh Rosen. Right. I can't remember if it's five or six. It's at least is it six? This is his sixth team, sixth organization that he's been a part of. Yeah, that's that's a fifth of the league, give or take. Right? That's, that's he's working on about twenty percent of the league he's been through. Yeah, he's good. I'm gonna say no. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Baker Mayfield, no, no surprise. Oh, no, no surprise. Won I mean, the starting job in Carolina. I I'm, mean, come on, you've got you're playing against Sam Darnold. Yeah, look out for Baker Mayfield. I'm telling you, look out for Baker Mayfield. What are you predicting here? I'm predicting. What are you you saying? I'm I'm predicting Baker Mayfield has a good enough season, a bounce back season, where he becomes a commodity as a free agent next year in terms of where he signs. And I think he's got the Carolina Panthers in playoff contention around Thanksgiving. Like they will be around 500 and in a position to get a playoff spot. That division is weak. It's 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 mush. It's Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. It's Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. It's Jameis Winston in New Orleans. Uh, that division is mush, and I think he's got a chance to keep that team around 500 and within a relevant, credible shot of getting one of those wild card spots. Okay. That's what I'm saying about Maker. Okay. I I think he's I think he's going to come out and play like his hair is on fire after how things ended in Cleveland. I just have a feeling. That he was hurt last year and look out. I mean, all the word is that he won that competition pretty easily. Like, it wasn't much of a competition. Yes, that is the word. Three weeks ago, he was the guy. Uh, Minnesota made a move. Trade for a backup quarterback. quarterback, Yeah, Nick Mullins they got from. For a seventh-round pick. Yep, to back up Kirk Cousins. And then apparently, (laughs) I called him in my email to you, Mr. Smallhands. Mr. Smallhands, Kenny Pickett had himself a good game. They love him. This weekend against the Jags. Like, to the point where there there were some wondering if he just went out and won himself the starting make, job make in Pittsburgh. Starter. Make him the starter. Local kid, don't, my, why not? Well, I mean, what's what's the worst that can happen? I mean, he's done he, he, he's done a good job for them. Like you, you what's what's the other thing with Trubisky? Like you can go with Mitchell Trubisky. You can go with Mitchell Trubisky, and you could go with Mason um, Rudolph. I think is the other one there. Oh, I think Mason it's Rudolph. I think it's Mason Rudolph. Yeah, yeah let's the, not the, and say we did. <laughs> Those are your choices. And one last note, and it's more of a uh, a division question here. Uh, Pete Carroll says there's no timeline for the Seahawks' decision at quarterback. They've got obviously, like everybody else, one preseason game left. Drew Locke wasn't able to play this past week because he had COVID. Carroll said there is quote no date pressure, close quote, when he needs to announce a starter. I'm going to take the time it takes to figure it out, make sure we have all the information that we need. Of course, the X factor in all of this, one Jimmy Garoppolo, and what happens with him and where he ends up. Does he get cut? Who signs him? Go somewhere. Oh, he's, he's going, going somewhere. somewhere. He's going somewhere. Where's he going? Yeah, I saw Jed York over the weekend said, you know, we could totally keep him. No, I mean, you can't. No, you're not. You're not. You're not keeping. He's $25 million money. against your cap. You're not, not keeping him. No. You can cut him with virtually no cap ramifications at all, or you can keep him for $25 million. You drafted a guy that you gave up two number ones to get. You're not keeping him. He's $25 million for a backup quarterback. That's not smart business. No, that's not good business. Yeah, they'll so. cut him. I just don't know where he's going to end up. Yep. He's going to end up somewhere, though. When we come back, Gambo was correct. The Arizona Cardinals did make a trade today. Yep. Just not at the position we all thought. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show.